Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, did you know hippopotamuses kill more people every year than guns? But of course, guns are easier to conceal. Hi, America! <laughs> Hello, world! Wow. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce our guests... Firstly, the mysterious and ethervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather was playing chess with Michelle this week, and Heather said, Let's make this more interesting. So they stopped playing chess. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy <laughs> Michelle Corey. Michelle was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has an avid and keen interest in all things paranormal. Michelle picked up a hitchhiker this week. Well, you've got to if you hit them. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Good to have you on board. Thank you. 
stay out in front of my car. <laughs> I always give you a 10-minute head start out of the car park from the studio, though. That's have right. you noticed that? We have Nathan with us as well today. Nathan admires phone hackers. He thinks they have a lot of patience because he can't even be bothered to listen to his own voicemails. <laughs> we are on Series 2. Have you ever got to that point where you're so lazy in life you cannot be bothered to listen to your own voicemails? This yes. is where of we course. are. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Series 2, episode 96. 96 is a chess-playing cerebral number with a love of African big game. German submarine U-96 was the German U-boat made famous in the film and book Das oh, Boot. I love that movie. Do you know what a German bride gets on their wedding day that's long and hard? A new a new last name. Oh. <laughs> there was. A... <laughs> I do like a compound noun. There was a popular Australian soap called Number 96 that ran from 1972 to 1977 on Channel 10. You don't often get the words soap and Australian in the same sentence, do you? Oh, Interstate Tanya. 96 I love Tanya. is I an east-west... You're getting the love of Australia now, are you? Mm -hmm. You'll be listening to Men at Work and eating Vegemite next is what's going to happen. As long as it's not the other way around. I do like their music. <laughs> You want a love of men at work? No. Oh. <laughs> I like Australian music. ACDC, In Excess, Mental oh, yeah. as Anything, Men at Work. Fantastic music. Interstate 96 is an east-west freeway that runs from Michigan. And the only reason people in Detroit are still in Detroit because they haven't found it yet. <laughs> we need a road trip. I know. Yeah. It's, I'm in. I'm down. I'm wishing my life away. Mm -hmm. I want it to be the spring. I want it to be summer already. It's so cold. We need a road trip. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> How many University of Michigan students does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? One, but he gets three credits for it, apparently. Oh! <sighs> Each week, I love to read out our mailbag. I love your messages. I love your words of support, your emails, everything you post on Facebook. Paul from Pennsylvania posted, worst mistake I made in a while, <laughs> listening to your show. <laughs> Honesty. Paul. Honesty counts. Yes. I have bruised up ribs and I was laughing like crazy. It freaking hurts. Oh, Paul. Bruce in Oregon has written, when anyone snorts, I drink. Yay. When you ding the bell, I drink. <laughs> when the word bunk is said, I drink. Apparently he sleeps most of the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Regular listener Alva then added, the problem is, I listen to the rerun of the show first thing on a Saturday morning on Dark Matter, so I'm hammered before noon. <laughs> Yay, Alva! <laughs> Which I don't think is a problem. He's a school bus driver. Oh, Martin, our good friend in New oh. York, Hi, said, always love the show. Even on vacation, Michelle in New York gets two points. So can I get ten points for <laughs> suggesting the drinking game? Oh, yeah. He suggested the drinking game. Bell, bunk, and snort? 
Perfect. We have Russians in charge of the scoring this week, so of course you can have 10 points. 10 points to Martin, <laughs> All right, Martin. in New York. In fact, if anyone wants points for next week's show, if you can go onto our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. If anyone wants points, you have to say, in a sentence, you have to say a good reason why you should be given points. I like it. So if anyone writes in with a good enough reason why we should give them points on next Friday's show, they will be considered. Finally, we've got a post here from Minnesota. It says, I love Michelle. She is the funniest and most witty member of the team and always makes me laugh. Oh, thank you yeah, so much. Michelle. I should have, to differ. <laughs> she should have her own show. Wow. And, wow. Uh, apparently that's Michelle's mother. <laughs> The good Lord giveth <laughs> and the good taketh away. As I said before, you can visit our Facebook site. It is more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories will be there for you and much, much more. I love our Facebook site. I just thought I'd share that with you. We have five and a half thousand followers on there. It's got cartoons, people post jokes, there's stories of the paranormal, there's chat. We're doing healing on there at the moment. I just love that site. I love it. People contribute to that all week long. They're their own stories. They find jokes that are funny. It's like one big community. Makes me very happy. Mm-hmm. Feels like a family on there, doesn't it? Does. It does. Yeah. Why aren't you joining us? This should be there. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook. We have a Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And we currently have 90,000 followers on there. We're on many other platforms. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. If you go to soundcloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, all of our shows over the last three and a half years are there for you. You can listen to them in the gym, in the car, walking the dog, even at work, anywhere you wish. And if you would be so kind as to leave a little like, I think SoundCloud has a little love heart that you can click on. If you love hearing the show, if you love supporting the show, it's completely free. No money is being exchanged here. We're doing this for the love of doing the show and of the paranormal. But if you'd like to like those or give us good reviews, especially on iTunes and SoundCloud, that would be fantastic. We'd greatly appreciate that. Why don't you do that now? That would make me very happy. You can also listen to the show first if you're listening to this currently in our archives. Why weren't you joining us at 8 p.m.? On a Friday night, Central Time on Dark Matter Digital Network.com. We have a hundred thousand listeners on there in a hundred and ninety countries. In fact, if you're listening to the show and it is Friday night, why not post on your wall on Facebook and on your social media sites that you're listening to us now and put the link to that? We would be very grateful. Mm-hmm. Now, every month I like to read out the top ten countries that are listening last week. Some more questions and answers. As you would expect, the USA is at number one. Mm-hmm. The UK is in second. The Netherlands, Holland, has All crept right. into third place. Uh-huh. These must be your friends. You lived in Holland for a while, Michelle, yeah. didn't you? There yeah. you go. Thank you, Bill. Fantastic. So the Dutch have crept up to third place. Australia, what's wrong with you? You're now in fourth place. Was it Come the joke? on, Australia. It was the joke about the soap, wasn't it? That's what done it. It was. Come on, Tanya, start talking to your friends over there. We need to get more Australians. That's fourth place. Brazil is fifth, would you believe? Yeah. Canada, sixth place. All right, Spain, Canada. Spain, seventh. 
Germany is eight, the yeah. land of long, hard last names. <laughs> Japan is number nine. Every time I read this out, there's always a country that I think, how did that creep into the top ten? How did that happen? 190 countries, 100,000 followers. Yeah. The last time I read this out, I think it was Singapore. The time mm -hmm. before that was the Philippines. Then yes. there was Kuwait. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you've got some big hitters there, haven't you? Brazil, Canada, Australia, we UK, USA. Yeah. Number 10 this week was the Lebanon. What? The Lebanon? The, Leb the Lebanon. <laughs> wow. Beirut. If you're listening to Beirut oh. at the moment, why don't you find us on Facebook? Tell us who you are. Please do. And I will read. We're thinking of you guys. Your names yeah. out. Remember, I also have a book out at the moment called Mysterious Midwest. Unwrapping Urban Legends and Ghostly Tales from the Dead. It has a foreword written by David Ellison, the founder of Megadeth. And every single review on Amazon has given me five stars for that book so far. So if you're interested in a good spooky read crammed full of evidence and my sense of humor, that would be the place for you. Did you know 2017 has two Friday the 13th in it? We could do a bit of a quiz show. Things to do with Friday, things to do with 13th. No food though, right? No food for Michelle. We're not going to feed her strange and bizarre things like jelly beans that are flavoured grass, dirt, sausage. <laughs> there are points to be won straight off the bat here. What does the average American do 13 times a day? Now, that's giving you pause for thought there, isn't it? We... We, the average American, that's you, Mike. <laughs> You've got the bladder the size of an apricot. <laughs> Whenever we're driving to a paranormal investigation, we're just going from gas station to gas station. Big tour. No road trip. No I'm road out. trip I'm for out. you. We won't get very far. So there is a quiz showing here, dying to get out. What does the average American do 13 times a day? You're going with we, are you? We. You're going with we. I know what Nathan's going to go with because he put his shoulder out last week. Oh, God. Michelle, what does the average American do 13 times? 13 times a day. A day. That's giving you something to think about. There's something to ponder, isn't it? Check their email. Check their email. That's not a bad guess, actually. Nathan, do you want to jump in? Any thoughts? Pick their nose. Picking their nose 13 times a day. It's very specific, isn't it? The average American laughs 13 times oh. a day. Ooh, you get a week's worth of rations. Oh, right. I'm, I'm way over the top on that one. <laughs> Michelle makes an effort to be miserable all week. I do. So she can save them up and be in credit for a Friday night. The mean go. postal lady. No points at all. Martin's on 10 and he's sprinted into a lead. All right, Martin. In Texas, it's illegal to swear in front of a what? What is it illegal to swear in front of in Texas? A school. A school. You mustn't swear in front of a school. If you're in school, that's fine. The principal's effing and blinding. <laughs> that's right. You're going with school. Michelle, what do you think? A church. A church. That's not a bad guess. You're guessing very well tonight. Nathan, any thoughts? I was going to go with church, but I'll change that to police station. It is a corpse. You are not allowed to swear. How would they know the difference? Of a corpse. Like I'm not going to swear. <laughs> in Texas. Number three here. In a French vineyard, it is illegal to what? In a French vineyard, it's illegal to. We. We. <laughs> Have you tasted vinegar? <laughs> Don't go with the Chardonnay is all I'm saying. 
That's how they put the fizz in champagne. Did you know that? <laughs> You're paying, it's illegal to wee in a French vineyard. Michelle, it's illegal to what in a French vineyard? Get busy. Get busy. There. No shenanigans. No practicing of the physical arts. You wouldn't want that in your wine. Nathan, what are you not allowed to do? Go barefoot. Go barefoot. You're not allowed to land a UFO in a French... <laughs> Vigno- Too late, France. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a lot of uh, UFO sightings over Belgium and France, especially in the 1990s, but none of them landed in a vineyard, apparently. Back in Texas now, it's illegal to put what on your neighbour's cow? We. You Waiting at the police station. You're, you're in the cell, surrounded by oh, first drink of the night. Thanks to Martin's suggestion in New York, you are now all allowed to take a shot. Michelle can't breathe. Look at the woman. She's struggling. Wow. You're in a cell, a holding cell. You're waiting to be interviewed. I got out. You're there. With all the other recidivists, <laughs> what are you in here for? Yeah, shoplifting. What about you? Yeah, I was uh, soliciting women on the side of the road. What about you, drunken disorderly? <laughs> disorderly. <laughs> I'd actually lost my uh, file of facts, so I was drunk and disorganised. Um, what about you? I weed on a cow. <laughs> oh no, it's a lifer. <laughs> Go to the chair for such things. That's one of the worst cases of cow weed. There's some very strange people in this studio. Michelle, what you, can you not put on your neighbour's cow? Your brand. Your brand. That's not. You're coming up with some good guesses. You're still on zero. <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> Story of my life. As long as he didn't say lipstick. <laughs> Nathan didn't guess yet. <laughs> At least it was a female cow. There's nothing odd with that. It's illegal to put a move on. <laughs> a move. A, move. A, a wedding ring. No, they don't have posable fingers. That's just ridiculous. What are you going with, Nathan? Oh, I had one, a good one, but I forgot it. It's graffiti. Graffiti? You're That's not weird. allowed to it's put graffiti. Enough. How's we? Or Close. lipstick. Lipstick. <laughs> That's a good night out in some right out. <laughs> In some political circles, if you go out and finish up the evening in Moscow covered in lipstick and we, that's a good night out, apparently. Ooh. Satire, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, in Minnesota, it's illegal to tease people with what animal? You're not allowed to tease people. <laughs> tease people. Tease them with what animal? A rabbit. You can't tease people <laughs> with it. Put it back in the hat, madam. What's wrong with you? Let the rabbit see the dog. <laughs> the dog see the rabbit. <laughs> I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> That's how your brother was born. Right. Michelle, what should you not tease people with in Minnesota? The state we are currently broadcasting. We can't go out there. And do this to people with an animal. Oh, God. Any animal. All right, a moose. A moose. We don't have any mooses in Minnesota, yes, do we? we do. There's loads up north. I've never I seen one. I had a one. pet moose when I was a child. Did you really? No. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? For the first time, on more questions than answers, Michelle's on 
minus three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not having that. I'm sorry. I'm just not having that. Nathan, what are you not allowed to tease people with in Minnesota? A flying pig. A flying pig. Hmm. There we go. It's actually a hippo. Put your hands up and no one gets hurt. Oh, no, that was gun, wasn't it? It's a skunk. You I was cannot... going to guess a skunk. It's too late now. <laughs> skunk. Same moose. So at the end of that round of five questions, I'm on zero. <laughs> Heather's on zero. Nathan's on zero. Michelle's on minus three. <laughs> Yay! That went well, didn't it? Yeah. And Martin's in the lead with ten. We're going to start the first round proper in the round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings. Spooky video appears to show a ghost fleeing the scene of a massive gang fight. Filmed in Indonesia, the superstitious cameraman believes the floating figure is the spirit of a woman who died while pregnant. Real-life ghostbuster Mohamed Adeant, who you going to call... Mohammed, a dayan, apparently. It doesn't go. Was stunned when he noticed the apparition while he recorded a group of men fighting in Indonesia. The disturbing video shows a white ghostly figure floating away from the raucous below, passing by a lamppost before disappearing into the night sky, just like a white plastic grocery bag. <laughs> Shot locals. <laughs> I made that bit up, but you can't. <laughs> You I can see this video for yourself on our Facebook Are site. Are you bunking it? More questions than answers with you're Adrian Lee. It. He's bunking it. Isn't Three he? drinks. Mm. Oh, you're going to have to see for yourself. Shock locals believe the bird-like figure means it's a kuntilanak, which is a spirit of a woman who died while pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> the motions you're making at the moment. <laughs> It's one of the reasons we can't have a webcam. <laughs> People ask me, almost on a weekly basis, can you put a webcam in the studio? Can we see what you're up to? No, no is the answer to that. <laughs> According to legend, Kuntalanak spend eternity sucking the blood of virgins. So you don't see many of those about these days, do you? I shall give myself two points for being informative. Mm -hmm. And interesting. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Well, a Brazilian grandmother has been praying to the figurine from Lord of the Rings for years without realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? I don't want to have the word Brazilian and grandmother I in know, the same I was, sentence. I didn't know where that was going to go. Or the Hobbit. The imagery. <gasps> Waxing. My precious. <laughs> Can you wax me feet? Can you do hobbit waxing? Is that possible? Can you go and get a pedicure and get your hobbit feet waxed? Is that possible? You need your hobbit waxed. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than getting me Frodo looks at. <laughs> I'll show you Lord of the Rings. Come here. <laughs> Can you get my Lord of the Rings waxed? Oh. How's that going to happen? Oh, that's not good news. That's not good news. The woman thought she was praying to St. Anthony, but it turns out that it was the figure of Elrond, Lord of Rivendell. He's the, the elf, elf yeah. king. Her relative, Gabriella Brandau, made the discovery and posted it on Facebook with the caption, The Funniest Discovery of 2016. The post reads, My daughter's great-grandmother prays to St. Anthony. 
every day. But on closer inspection, she said St. Anthony wasn't what he seemed. Gabriella's post has been shared thousands of times around the world, and the pointy ears may have given the game away. <laughs> in the books, J.R.R. Tolkien describes Elrond as noble and fair as the elf lord, as strong as a warrior, as wise as a wizard, as venerable as a king of dwarves, and as kind as summer. Oh. That's almost worth praying to the guy then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. The figurine is dressed in a long brown robe, a bit of a monk look, or perhaps a saint might wear. Anthony of Padua is one of the Catholic Church's most popular saints. He's usually pictured holding baby Jesus in his arms, and this Elrond figure wasn't holding... I that don't even know where she got him. <laughs> <laughs> in a garage sale? Or... Maybe one of the grandkids just like, brought it in <laughs> she's lucky she wasn't praying to wolf from star trek the next generation i think it came out of a cornflakes packet well uh, di didn't we find a saint anthony's medal in the saint james hotel we did they are left around yes saint anthony we did find a saint anthony's medal yeah i thought so so what now for gabriella's daughter's great grandmother according to gabriella she's got a new figure and this time it's the real deal Aww. Gabriella told BuzzFeed, I never expected any of this to happen. It's just crazy. But it's the funniest thing that ever happened to me. There is a picture of Elrond on our Facebook site. Awesome. To be honest, if she's a great grandmother and she's still fit and healthy, I'd keep praying to him. That's right. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with that. Stick with what's working would be my advice. Right. I shall give Miss Morris a splendid two points. A mum claims a photo she took at the Tower of London could have been photobombed by the ghost of a 12-year-old Edward V. More like Photoshop. Solving mm. a 500... Ooh. At least let me get me first sentence out. <laughs> <laughs> I've not got to the end of my first sentence. And I you saw the picture. You don't have I to. I did <laughs> Michelle, what have you got? <laughs> I thought you were going to take more points away from me. <laughs> I've got a new plan. Every time Miss Morris is lippy, I'm going to take points away from Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's on minus five. Oh, yay! <laughs> Guilt by association. Alienation, I'm going to create. This is where we are. Can I finish the sentence? Be my guest. Solving a 500-year-old murder mystery. She solved it? <laughs> Mary Ryan, 40, was taking snaps of weapons on display at the historic attraction while on a day trip, but failed to notice the face that appeared in the reflection until she returned home to Liverpool. The hairdresser <laughs> believes the ghostly face of a young boy could be that of Edward V, who was sent to the tower along with nine-year-old brother Richard by their uncle Richard III in 1483. It is widely assumed that they were murdered, as the duo were never seen again. But Mary claims her picture could be the first image ever caught of the tragic young prince. Doubtful. Sir Thomas More, the <laughs> oh, we 16th saw him too? <laughs> century statesman and historian, said... <laughs> I want to hear this. The two princes were smothered by their uncle and buried within the tower, though it was never proved and their disappearance is often cited as one of the world's greatest murder mysteries. Mary said, you can see my daughter's reflection in the glass on the picture... 
and my partner's hand on the right-hand side. But the skin on the boy's face is completely different than the others, which what made me look at it more closely. It was horrible. I was really freaked out by it. My <laughs> daughter was really scared too. She was worried. It could have followed us. The family were on a two-day trip to London when the incident occurred and said it happened in the White Tower, the central tower also known as the Old Keep. The basement of the tower is believed to have been used for torture. If you wish to see a fantastic piece of photoshopping, you can judge for yourself. <laughs> it is a, well, it's not even a good photoshop. It's on our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. But if you're playing the more questions and answers drinking game, you are more than welcome to take another shot. I had someone in London once. Of course, I'm from London. Was born there. Spent most of my life there. Investigated many locations around London. I had someone send me a photograph saying that they had the ghost of Charles I walking up the steps of the keep with his head missing. So imagine a gentleman with a ruff with his head mm. missing and they had this as a ghost. And it looked quite convincing. I was thinking that does look like Charles I, you know, walking to the scaffold, walking to have his head cut off, you know, from the platform there. I did a bit more research. He never had his head cut off in the Tower of London. It was at Ludgate on the other side of <sighs> London. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Terrifying footage captured on a home security camera is said to reveal the presence of a ghost that is terrorizing a young girl. It shows a doll's head moving on its own, while objects on a living room table are blown to the floor before the table moves and the room starts shaking. The footage was said to be recorded by the girl's father after she complained of something bothering her. It was then posted online. It shows the girl playing with a toy in her room while the doll sits upright in the corner. As her attention is fixed on her toy, the doll's head begins to turn. Although its head twists both to the left and the right, because the movement is so slight, the girl doesn't appear to notice it. In the second clip, she is drawing on a piece of paper in the living room. Seconds later, pieces of spare paper begin billowing as though they are caught on a powerful wind. She flees from the room as heavier objects on the table start to be thrown onto the floor and onto a nearby sofa. Online viewers were skeptical about its authenticity, with one writing, If, it, if I was the owner and it wasn't faked, this property would be a paved lot in less than a week. Mm. Anything you want to jump in with, Miss Morris? I didn't see that photo. It is available. It's a video piece of footage. If you wish to see the creepy doll moving, turning its head, and the poltergeist activity in that young girl's kitchen, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee, and that is there for you to see. I have the final story tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings. The mystery of a ghostly wartime air raid siren waking residents in a city heavily bombed by the Nazis has finally been solved. The eerie wailing noise haunted hundreds of homes 75 years after the Luftwaffe Blitz destroyed Swansea city centre. Council noise abatement officials spent more than 12 months of investigating the spooky siren-like scream following a flood of complaints from sleepless residents. Now the sound has finally been traced to a chemical plant six miles away, carrying out early morning tests of its warning alarm for staff. <laughs> and that took them a year, apparently. <laughs> the protest began two years ago from people describing the sound like a war siren 
or old factory siren in a city where 230 people were killed in Nazi air raids in 1941 alone. The South Wales port was heavily bombed by the Luftwaffe for three straight days. By the what? The Luftwaffe. <laughs> the Luftwaffe. You never heard of that? Luftwaffe. No. The Air Force, literally translated in German. True, <laughs> you. It was known as the Swansea Blitz. I've been to Swansea and I had a curry and I had the Swansea Blitz. Oh. Mum Debbie Leishon, 46, of Tanhill, Swansea, said everyone around here has heard it around dawn and into the early morning. It sounds like a siren you hear in war films. It always sounds like it is away in the distance, but loud enough to wake you up if you're a light sleeper. My mother rung, really panicking, asking whether she should run out or not, because the sound is extremely scary. There is something very scary about the scream of an air raid siren. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's bringing doom, isn't it? Those air raid sirens in London. London was carpet bombed for two and a half years, solid, every day and night. And my poor grandparents were living in East London and everyone got decimated around the docks and the bombing was incredible. Can you imagine being in your home and hearing that whir, knowing that in five minutes' time, Heinkels were flying over Britain, over London, and randomly dropping bombs and they could end up anywhere? I've got several stories. My grandparents told me they were caught out on a date back in 1941 and they were in East London and the IRA shelter was a long way off when the air raid siren started and they were caught out in the street and they didn't know where to go. So they went into the local church. They thought that would be good shelter for them. And they huddled all night long as the bombs went off around them in a church, huddled on the pew, and they fell asleep. And in the morning they woke up and the church never had a roof. All the lead had been stripped off the roof to make munitions with. Oh and my the gosh. church They didn't realise because it was dark and foggy that the church never had a roof and they'd sheltered there the night from the Luftwaffe and the German bombing. I shall give myself points for being informative and a little bit spooky. That ends the round. That is ghosts and hauntings. I'm on six points. Michelle has clawed her way back to minus three. Heather's on two and Martin in New York has scored ten. This is the round we call UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. The first footage of a mystery UFO that has baffled the government for more than two years has finally been released to the public. The clip was recorded on November the 11th, 2014 by a pilot on board a Chilean Navy helicopter. He was accompanied by a Navy technician who also witnessed the strange event as he was testing an infrared camera. The Chilean Navy really has a job on their hands, don't they? I mean, Chile is very long and thin, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's on the west coast of South America. The Chilean Navy probably has more coastline to cover than most countries Mm. in and around anywhere in the world, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. That's the whole length of South America there, isn't it? They've got a job on their hands. Details from the flight suggested the pilot had many years of flying experience. The aircraft was flying at approximately 4,500 feet and visibility at the time of the sighting was good. The strange object was observed by both men with the naked eye at around 1.52 p.m. Around 1.52 p.m. It's very specific. Around. (laughs) You don't say around. It was around 1.52 p.m. If you say it was around... It's like it was around 1.50. It was around Room 2 o'clock. Two one, one, yeah, yeah, 2. It was around 1.52 p.m. <laughs> mm, it was 1.52 p.m. then, wasn't it? 
After zooming in with the infrared camera, the pilot then reported the unknown object to air traffic controllers, who confirmed that no other plane had been authorised to fly in that area. It also appeared to be undetectable on the helicopter's onboard radar. In the clip, the object appears to be quite flat and elongated. In Exodus, they followed a floating platform. It's mentioned 14 times. Long and thin. The floating platform protected them and on some occasions turned into flames and guided them into the promised land. The pilot stated that the UFO featured two thermal spotlights like discharges that did not coincide with the axle of motion. The technician observed the object was white with a semi-oval shape on the horizontal axis. A meteorologist report also says there was no weather balloons in the sky at the time and that they don't really fit the shape of the UFO seen in the clip. An astrophysicist even proposed that the object could simply be space debris, but there are no records of any such objects re-entering the Earth's atmosphere at that time. If you wish to see the Chilean Navy being led into the promised land, you need to go to our <laughs> Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of green men and hairy beasties? Well, UFO experts are stunned at an alien hand they discovered in an ancient cave. Ooh. UFO experts said the giant hand, which has three long spindly fingers, was found in Cusco in southeast Peru. According to the researchers, they found it while exploring caves and tunnels in the desert. They claim they also found a small mummified alien and elongated humanoid skull at the same spot. I haven't heard anything about this. Only what I've uh -uh. seen on the news. I've seen the hand. I'd have used it as a joke. I'd have run around the pub and the bar, putting it on people's shoulders. <laughs> I would have used it as a, a back scratcher. Back scratcher. <laughs> I'd have, been in the, I'd have been in the cubicle in the restroom and I'd have passed a note underneath saying I need toilet paper. If, if it's then, giant, I would use it in my garden. A rake, yeah, you could use it as a rake. Can you imagine passing toilet paper under the cubicle <laughs> with an alien hand? Uh, a marshmallow toaster. That's where I, that's where I was Ooh, going, you see. Three at the same time. We know that Americans pick their nose 13 times a day, so that could be useful. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got nothing to back that up. <laughs> Paranormal researcher Brian Forster, who runs Hidden Inca Tours, examined the hand and is convinced they were genuinely from a humanoid creature. According to Forrester, the person who found the hand did not want to sell it. That's convenient. But the team was granted access because the owner was curious to learn about the nature of the strange object. They could have got one if they went to the second-hand shop. Oh. oh no. no no i'm stretching i'm gonna give you the finger nice you can be on minus one how's that <laughs> feels kind of comfortable i've been there before <laughs> it's familiar territory to you isn't it negative numbers oh well but the team was granted access because the owner was curious to learn about the nature of the object Anyway, so Forrester claimed that he and his team presented the alien hand to scientists in Cusco. Now, fun fact, more than 40,000 Americans have taken out insurance against being abducted by aliens. Did you know that? They conducted x-ray analysis and found that each of the three fingers actually had six bones. This is compared with human hands that only have three. It was concluded that the hand and the skull were genuine biological objects with real bone 
and skin tissues. I wonder if that was some mummified, kind of petrified claw from a pterodactyl or something like that. Do you see where we are? A pterodactyl. A pterodactyl. (laughs) That's how you pronounce it. Have per two minus points. (laughs) (laughs) This is terrible. A Star Trek-style spaceship has allegedly been spotted hovering in the sky in Canada. What if a grandmother's been praying to figures from the next generation and it's just come down on the A little Spock one. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? (laughs) Images of the strange object were captured by self proclaimed ufo skeptic who admitted he was the last person to believe in aliens or extraterrestrials in the clip they say something has been caught flying in the skies over canada it looks like a saucer it kind of looks like star trek ship from the tv series i'm no expert but i'd say excelsior class the strange object was spotted over random island in canada you know you've got a lot of islands in canada when one of them (laughs) is called random Random. island (laughs) they just ran out of names (laughs) you've got like it's the fourth island that you've called dave there's dave island there's four of those you've got gavin island you've gone through every name you can think of long island short island wide island maybe heart island oak island maybe island maybe island we've gone random Whatever, Island. <laughs> while we're here, while I've got a voice, while I've got a microphone in front of me, can we discuss the curse of Oak Island? Is that yes, possible? Please. We're now on the fourth store, the fourth series, the fourth instalment. Yes, yes. Of the curse of Oak Island. Yes. Oki Pinoki Swamp. Oki Pinoki. We're now gone. Fourth series. It's coming up to the last episode of the fourth series. Episode one. This is like an hour's worth, right? We found a button. Episode two. Coconut fiber. We found coconut fiber. <laughs> to be fair, that was coconut fiber from the Caribbean. How did it get there? Who knows? <laughs> Episode three. We're thinking of drilling a hole. Episode four. <laughs> I found a coin. Episode they've got they've done this for four no, series. Then, then they go talk to the neighbor that used to dig that down there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I left a lot of old tools and wood in that hole. Yeah. Great. How did they drag this out for four series? I... I think it's just the mystique that everybody wants them to finally find something well, down there. Here's There's the thing. There's got to be a payoff, though, at some point. We're going to keep watching. Exactly. Well, I'm committed now, and I've been watching it for five years. I've committed. I've thrown my hat in the ring, and I've committed you myself. You know what? I just DVR it, and then, like, <laughs> I'll have the one when they finally find the treasure. We should play... An Oak Island drinking game. (gasps) Isn't the next one the last one of the season? Let's watch the last one. It's on Tuesday night. Everyone can play along. We can play on... We'll go on Facebook and we'll be live while it's on. There's a narrator. Is this the reason coconut fibre was found on the beach? Drink. Could it be that Spanish sailors buried coins there in the 16th century? Drink. Drink. Could it be that fibres from the 18th century that were wooden could be found at the bottom of the money pit? Drink. Drink. Every time he starts a sentence that ends in a question. Anyway, we have a story. <laughs> I am I, I am down with that game. Let's play that. All right. We'll see how many times we go through Okipanoki Swamp Okipanoki. on Tuesday. This Star Trek ship ship floating over the airways of Canada. Yes. Random because island. Because grandmother has prayed for it to come down. Yes. They say the object was hovering over water near to the moon and was visible for two to three hours. It was hovering over water near the moon. The moon. The yes. moon. But the moon doesn't have any water. The Sea of Tranquility. 
<laughs> After remaining still for most of that time, the object then moved up and down before rapidly shooting off and out of sight. They say the object definitely wasn't plain and said the UFO was far too large to be a drone. You never see on Star Trek, do you? I've watched all the Star Trek over the years, from the 1960s onwards. There's never that moment where Captain Kirk opens up his little transmitter, flicks it open and says, Beam me up, Scotty. I need to go for a crap. You never see it here. Where do they go? Do they go behind a rock? Do they use a leaf? The transporter's not working, Captain. You're going to have to go behind a rock and use a leaf. Obviously, he was Pakistani. <laughs> You never see it, do you? He never says, beam me up. There you go, in the bathroom. Couldn't Terrible. he just beam down a porta potty? That's possible. You don't. Perhaps they had some sort of system down there, like a plastic bag or something. Why don't you just zoom in on the waist and just beam the waist out of your body? Wow. You could grab it in the transporter before it hits the ground. If it's hanging, you've oh, got like seconds no, as it drops. No, no, no. Scotty's beamed it up. Ah! Sat there on the transporter in a Who's bucket. Who's going to clean it? <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I'm pretty excited You're because excited, eh? we got some more things on Mars. Again, it's just nonstop. Every week for you, yep. there's a story of finding something on Mars. I love it. There can't be anything left on this planet. Alien hunters will be losing their marbles after amazing new images captured on the surface of Mars. The mind-blowing snaps of a perfectly formed sphere will send UFO fanatics wild, with some to declare it's proof there must be life on the red planet. Captured by Mars rover Curiosity, the most recent image taken on January 1st shows a small dark sphere looking out of place lying among the familiar red dust and craggy rocks. The pictures were taken by Curiosity's right mast camera and are most likely to show an example of what is known as a Martian spheral, Also known as blueberries due to their blue hue in false color images, scientists suggest one theory may have formed when molten rock was sprayed into the air by a volcano or a meteor impact. Another theory suggests that they formed when groundwater flowed through porous rocks, creating chemical reactions that caused the iron in minerals to precipitate into small layered balls. Nice. Mm -hmm. The marble is just the latest in a series of discoveries of strange objects on Mars by conspiracy theorists. We've gone through them all in the last couple of months, haven't we? Mm. Artificial limbs, sofas, shoes. Groundhog. The, yeah. A groundhog, there was a space crab, a Buddha, yeah. a dress, double decker bus, a gorilla, a hippopotamus holding up a bank with a gun. <laughs> this is true. Blue marbles. I shall give you points at the end of the round. That is UFOs and cryptozoology. I'm on six. Michelle's on minus one. Heather's on minus two. And Martin in New York has stayed on a resplendent positive integer of 10. We move into the round. It is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. I read a fabulous report here. It's talking about superstars that have superstitions. Oh. So these are the superstitions of celebrities and superstars around the world. And I thought they were too fabulous, too bizarre and too strange not to read out. I'll only read out a couple. If you wish to see the whole list of celebrities and what their strange superstitions are you can visit our 
Facebook site more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Olympic cyclist Laura Trot has revealed an odd ritual. She must step onto a wet towel in her socks before a race. Very strange. Ugh. She needs wet socks before she races. She steps onto a wet, damp towel, apparently. Tennis ace Serena Williams, 35, who's been crowned Wimbledon champion seven times, swears by several pre-match rights. The American admits it's annoying. It's like I have to do it, and if I don't do it, then I'll lose. And I'm not losing because I didn't play well. I lost because I didn't tie my shoe the right way, and it's totally ridiculous because I have to use the same shower, I have to use the same sandals, and I have to travel with the same bags. Footballer John Terry has also had trouble remembering all of the superstitions he has to do before a big soccer game. The 36-year-old Chelsea player says, I started off with a couple of superstitions, and because we did so well, we kept winning and winning and winning, I ended up with about 50 of them. Then it was a case of remembering them for every game. I always have to park my car in the same spot. And when I drove in at a lunchtime game before, the spot was taken and I was unsettled and didn't play well. Beatles legend Paul McCartney takes the well-known Magpie song, One for Sorrow, Two for Joy. Do you know that song? No, I do. Bit of a nursery rhyme there. Magpies are very strange, black and white looking birds that are a bit crow-like. In fact, I think they're from the crow family. They steal things from other people's nests. Yes, I would like one, please. Probably, I don't think they taste that good. (laughs) Probably the only thing I'm superstitious about is magpies, he admits. Living in the country, I see a lot of them. If you see one, you have to spit or you have to salute. Apparently, there's a couple more here. I'll just read out quickly. It is the luck of the Irish all the way for the castle knock born actor Colin Farrell, 40. The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them star confesses. I wear shamrock shorts for luck on the first day of filming of any movie. I don't wear them to the disco and the clubs, but I've worn the same pair for about seven films. Formula One racing driver turned presenter David Coulthard also relied on lucky underpants early on in his career. He said they were bought by me by my auntie Elaine and I wore them to the point of destruction. You wouldn't want to see what a Formula One's racing car driver's underpants look like, would you? That would be Uh -uh. terrible. Because they're in the car quite a lot and it's very hot and sweaty. And there's a lot of danger and scary bends and lots of nasty things happen. Apparently, former Prime Minister Tony Blair wear the f- same shoes for 18 years. David Judy Dench likes having flowers around her on the stage. And Taylor Swift swears by the number 13. There's a long list mm. of actors and celebrities. If you go to our Facebook site, you can read them all. To your heart's content. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of S&B? Well, the owners of a Toronto convenience store look to the internet for help stopping squirrels yes. from stealing their candy bars. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Apparently uh, it's illegal in Illinois to tease someone with a squirrel. Mm. <laughs> Nobody move. I was, I'll release the squirrel. Video shared to YouTube channels, Stop That Squirrel, Drop That Bar, on Wednesday showed a squirrel entering the Luke's grocery store to steal a $1.80 crunchy on November 19th mm. before escaping down the street. See, I oh. thought it had gone with a payday or a nut roll or something. Well, here's the oh, thing. Oh, here we go. Yep. Nearly wintertime, we keep our door closed, but every once in a while we open it up for some fresh air or for a delivery. 
and the menace strikes the video <laughs> described stated it was in the mood for toffee this time Reddit... it's gonna bind you up <laughs> <laughs> when they shared the post in october noting that one or more squirrels regularly sneaked into the family convenience store to steal candy bars for around a week or two a squirrel either the same one or maybe not has been coming in when we are not looking and taking a chocolate bar and then dashing off. They come over here. They all look the same. They're stealing all our chocolate. <laughs> yes, and it's a different bar each time. It's and going old Henry, the oh, really? a Mr. Big, etc. It happens about once every two or three days. I think that would be hilarious. I'd wait for him to See, come in. I think this would be a great tourist opportunity because <laughs> I, I would totally go to the shop, buy a bunch of stuff, Give to the squirrel fund. Yeah, <laughs> See, yep. I'm thinking you need to wire up a candy bar to the national grid so as it reaches out its little paw for oh, the candy bar. You're sick. Adrian. Oh, no. Can you, you are mean. There'll be people walking into the grocery store going, can you smell burnt fur? Oh, That's where we need to be. They first cap- Vermin. <laughs> they first capture video of one of the thieving squirrels. Thieving. It was actually filmed on October 8th as a sneaky critter walked into the store and nabbed a $2 Kinder Bueno bar before scurrying off. Now, I actually have an interview of the squirrel, and this is what he said. Go on. Are you ready? What did he say for himself? Here we go. Accent. I Wonders of modern technology. <laughs> I didn't realize he was gay as well. <laughs> gay squirrels. Shocker, you done? Yeah. I shall give you two points. You are back on zero. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? A fortune teller who uses asparagus to predict the future claims Britain will have a thriving economy during 2017 and a national treasure showbiz couple will divorce. Oh. Well, that's, that's hardly, that's throwing your blanket over quite a lot there, isn't it? A showbiz couple will divorce because very rarely mm. do showbiz couples... But they're couples, a national treasure. A national treasure. So that's Beckham and Victoria then, isn't it, is where oh. we are. Jemima Packington. She is known as the Asparagamancer or Mystic Veg. <laughs> Mystic Veg? <laughs> yep. You need to have that name. Oh, Mystic Veg. <laughs> Hang on, your grandmother's coming through. Too much cauliflower last night. And she has been throwing asparagus spears into the air and interpreting <laughs> the way they land for many years to predict the future. It's Chinese fortune telling sticks, isn't it? I have some of those somewhere. We do. Celery. Asparaguses? Chinese yeah, fortune telling sticks, I think, is where she is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she has been dubbed Ambassador of the Vale of Evesham, even though now she lives in Bath. It is a great honor to be associated with it, and it is great fun. I do it because I enjoy doing it, she said. She added that when she does readings for people, up to 50 a day. 50? Mm-hmm. Her asparagus must get floppy, mustn't it? 
Well, maybe she. Well, she does it at the British Asparagus Festival. (laughs) (laughs) She's not sure sure of asparagus, is she? Right. (laughs) In the Vale of Evesham, and she often gets repeat business from people she saw previous years because her forecasts are so accurate. I knew a lady once that did forecasts with candy. She'd throw chocolates onto a table, and depending on how they landed and which ones you went for, she would tell your fortune Hmm. based on candy. You know, those little That's tiny, awesome. tiny candies you get at Christmas. I want Christmas. all of them. You want all of them. <laughs> I'm like the squirrel. <laughs> I can see constipation in your future. <laughs> You're going to meet a tall, dark stranger who's a proctologist. <laughs> she is thought to be the only asparagomancer in the world and began making predictions at aged eight. You're going to be unlucky with the number two. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> She said she inherited the gift from her elderly aunt who used to read tea leaves. She made her predictions last week using imported asparagus because of the time of year. Does she get that coming to her in a foreign accent then at that point? Oh, we can see because I can read some of them out. (laughs) Where's she getting her asparagus from? Does it say? Uh, No. I'm guessing it's Spanish asparagus. I think it's Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's definitely Spanish, Michelle. Oh, oh. The USA will <laughs> go on. I'll go with Dutch. No, the USA will be seen as a pariah under the presidency of Donald Trump. Brexit will go ahead despite efforts of those wishing to derail it. Other EU countries will follow UK's example and apply to withdraw from the EU. Troubling times ahead for the royal family. Many more sporting scandal stories will emerge with a very high-profile figures falling from grace and heather will get minus points in next week's show why i just know it's going to happen i'm predicting your future i just think these predictions are all pretty generic yeah there's nothing there that i don't think is going to happen anyway i think the italians are going to leave the eu and several other countries are as well there's nothing it's so generic it yeah. could be anything exactly why didn't we do that we what? should have done 2017 predictions and see how many we get right it's by the end of the year. not too late. I predict that Nathan's going to mix up his laxatives and his Viagra, and he's not going to know whether he's coming or going. <laughs> wow. Great. We now move into the round that we call Not For Your Mother. It's the round that we can't read out on Dark Matter Digital Network for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine. If your mother... Is in the room, and if she's of a nervous disposition, you need to get her removed as soon as possible. And well done you for finding us in our archives. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round we call Not For Your Mother? Another reason not to go to Walmart. Another, You need more than one reason not to go to Walmart, do you? Yes. How about it's full of people? That yep. are wearing pajamas. Yep, it's so cold. People are encouraged to wear two pairs of pajama bottoms. Wow, things must be chilly if you're in Minnesota and people are wearing two pairs of pajamas. And socks with their slippers. And the slippers are those ones that look like giant feet with toes on them. (laughs) Oh, I wanted a pair of those, but I never got a pair this year. I always wanted the ones from Monty Python with the rabbit. We can do that. My sister's friend got bought a big pair of rabbit slippers and she fell down the stairs <gasps> with them and broke her leg. Oh, so they gee. are dangerous. <laughs> you have been Run away! Novelty <laughs> slippers will break your leg if not used uh, in the correct manner. 
As in what? Wearing them where? But they're meant to keep your feet warm. You're not supposed to be walking around Walmart and going up and down stairs in them. Like Frankenstein walking about. Like Boris Karloff with a pair of giant slippers on, lumbering around. Lumbering. Lumbering. Sauntering through the aisles of Walmart. No. Welcome to Walmart. There you go. Oh, get wh- your shit and get out. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said that to me once. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's brought back a lot of unhappy memories. Oh, yeah. As if I needed another reason. I can't wait. <laughs> well, a West Virginia man has admitted to masturbating into a syringe and squirting his fluids onto women at Walmart. (laughs) Into a what? A syringe, a little syringe. Yeah, what did he squeeze it into? A syringe! Yes, but what did he then squeeze the syringe into? Nothing, he just would walk around and and he'd go... You could... (laughs) I'd push it into a watermelon and then push the plunger A syringe would get the lumps out, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, God. You need to drink more. According to CBS News, Timothy Blake was arrested and charged with pandering obscenity, sexual imposition, and two counts of menace by stalking. He did it at least a dozen oh! times. <coughs> and then weed on a cow. <laughs> <laughs> a woman told police she was shopping in the Marietta, Ohio store when she noticed a man she described as creepy (laughs) lingering behind her. She then reported feeling something wet (gasps) on her backside. Oh, How could she feel it on her backside? Through her pajama bottoms. (laughs) I'd squeeze it in Michelle's ear. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think it was warm or cold? I mean, is it is it worse, Michelle, if it's warm, or is it worse if it's cold for you? What do you think? If warm, it, warm if or it cold? comes out cold, there's something wrong. No, once it's in the... You don't oh. know how long he's had it in there for. It could have been three weeks old, right? So I'm saying, is it warm or cold? And is it worse? Is it worse for you, Michelle, if it's warm or cold? What would you prefer? What would be the worst? Would cold be worse than warm? I think... Does, oh. it, does it get thicker as it gets colder? Well, it evaporates more, so the consistency oh, would, would start oh, to no. thicken, wouldn't it? Like you're making gravy. Like cottage cheese. Oh, you can't, we can't. Oh, Michelle's <laughs> lost it. New girl in the corner puking her guts up. Oh, oh, well. oh dear. She then went into the bathroom to clean the <laughs> sticky substance off her pajama pants. <laughs> <laughs> sticky, like... A booger. Oh! <laughs> like silly putty. Look, I've made a Tyrannosaurus Rex out of mine. Oh, do you know those silly hands? Do you remember those silly sticky like hands those that you throw? Things? <laughs> I used to love those. Well, <laughs> the insignia on the truck was a very distinct bumblebee for an oil field company he works for. So what they did is they went and they picked him up. After a similar incident involving a different woman was reported at the store, police spotted another company truck in the parking lot and tracked Blake down for questioning. 
Blank initially claimed the sticky substance oh, God. was nothing more than egg yolks. But later he admitted to using semen after police told him they tested the material. You wouldn't want an omelette round his house, would you? Ooh, Blake also said he had squirted women <laughs> with a syringe about 12 times. Uh, the defendant stated maybe it was his way of having sex with these women, police wrote in the affidavit. Blake is married, <gasps> but claimed his wife did not know about his little habit i bet underneath his bed he's got a copy of syringe monthly there's a big close-up on the middle page of the plunger and it's stuck together nice the pages. And it's reclining yeah reclining syringe <laughs> fill me big boy that's what we're gonna get disgusting <sighs> have you ever had your ears syringed uh, this isn't good news are you done just a little prick. you made everyone <laughs> sick <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> Right. <laughs> Laugh it up. I'm gonna go to Target. <laughs> I don't think you'll be any better it's, there. It's Target. Target. Perfect. I've got a story here that says why people think you should be masturbating at work. I've been doing it all night. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you couldn't read? <laughs> Your eyes went crossed at one point. I haven't been able to sit still. <laughs> Great. Michelle, anything you want to add? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Let me cut to the chase. People masturbate at work. Do they? Looking round the room. But rather than sweepingly declaring it's unsavory, they have a defense. Some psychologist thinks it's good for us. Before you leap off to the loo for a moment of workplace intimacy, let's go through this striking proposition. The science behind it, just to make sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> Could masturbation help productivity? You write better, don't you? I always do, yeah. I, I, I get the jokes quicker. My accents are better as well, strangely enough. It says that me time at work might prove beneficial. A recent survey published found that nearly 40% of workers in New York masturbate while at work. Where? 14%. Where? In their car. A 2012 the study by Glamour magazine. Oh, so bad. Over the what? In their car. In over their the car. lunch break. Over their lunch break. You've got a sandwich in one hand. <laughs> and your thermos in the other. And your summer sausage in the other. Great. Do you want pickle with that? Mayo. Terrible. <laughs> Tartar. Tartar. <laughs> Jeez. It's a little tart. With a pickle. In a pool of 1,000 men... More than 30% now also said they do that. Those open to the idea praise it resolutely. It's about self-love and downtime. A moment to get away from it all before getting back to the grindstone. Mr. <laughs> Dr. Mark Sargent, a senior lecturer in psychology at Nottingham Trent University, says it's a great way to relieve tension and stress and muses that it might also be a motivational reward, giving people something to look forward to. 
after rattling through their to-do list. If you get through the stories, if you get the charts out, if you have the meeting, if you do your spreadsheets, you can have 10 minutes to knock one out in the restroom now. More stick and less carrot. Oh, you might say after finishing the tumultuous spreadsheets that you finally crunched Sally's numbers, time <laughs> to give myself a treat. It's a tugathon. It's a reward. Certainly taking a masturbation break for boredom or an escape would increase work focus. Can you imagine coming back into the office slightly red with a bead of sweat on your forehead and then shaking hands with the CEO? You would sit down. Everyone would be quiet, wouldn't they? Do you see what I'm saying? Here comes Nathan. You know, it's lunch break's over. He's sitting down looking rather red. You've been for a run, Nathan. Do you go jogging at lunchtime? Yeah. Do you go to the gym? Uh-huh. He wonders whether having an orgasm is possible, though, if just next door, Brent from payroll is sorting out your expenses. Dr. Arnold says that masturbating at work without climaxing would be counterproductive. It'd heighten the pressure and amplify tension quite the opposite to what you want to be doing. I'm actually finding that now, to be honest, to a certain degree. Finding yeah. what? More tension by not having a climax. (laughs) (laughs) It's making my blood pressure high. (laughs) Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A Taiwanese funeral featuring 50 pole dancers has become the talk of the Chinese internet. I bet. Mm. Nothing says dignity at a funeral than 50 pole dancers. 50. They only went down one street to find those on my head. Have you been to Taiwan? That's not going to make a dent in their industry, taking 50 off the street just to make the funeral happen. Wow. Videos of the funeral procession have been circulating online, showing skimpily clad women gyrating on top of jeeps in the southern city of Chaye. It's what Uncle Bob would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> the funeral was for local politician Tung Hasang, who died last month. His family said they wanted to honor him and loved him and he always enjoyed having a very lively and fun time. What kind of politician is he that they think it's appropriate to have 50 pole dancers? When Margaret Thatcher died, no one sat there in the cabinet office and thinks, I know, we need 50 pole dancers. He did very good in the polls. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph, Mary and Jesus. The procession featuring a convoy of colorful jeeps blasting loud music brought traffic to a standstill in the city center. It also had a drumming troupe, a marching band, performers dressed as deities, a monkey tennis, and giant puppets. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Mr. Tung, a local councillor, was a well-known figure in the city and was active in politics for decades. He died from an unspecific illness at the age of 76 in December. He had a stroke whilst entertaining at a strip club. <laughs> While masturbating oh, at work. During <laughs> <laughs> oh, the press conference. Oh, boy. He told us he wanted this through a dream two days before the funeral. His brother, Tung Mao Husung, told Taiwanese broadcaster CTS. Since Tuesday, videos of the procession have been circulating on Chinese media and social network Webico, generating much interest. 
Now this is what I call a funeral, said one user. <laughs> I've no <laughs> idea where he came from. Couldn't tell you. Well, another from the, wrote... From the Bronx. He just had to be in Taiwan. <laughs> Looks like when it comes to funeral matters, Taiwan still comes first. Nice. <laughs> I got that. Mm-hmm. Others praised Mr. Tung and his family for providing an entertaining afternoon. For the city's residents. How'd you take your kids along and say, Uncle Tongue's died, come with us? Two kids sat there. They're probably desensitized to that somewhat, wouldn't you say? Yes, I, I would think they've probably seen quite a lot of that. It was a very strange piece of video footage. I have seen this video numerous times. <laughs> I've done thorough At research. Yep. <laughs> Great. How's Thumper doing? Thumper? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it called that before, but if you want to call it that, that's fine. Looking for Bambi. (laughs) This is what it means to be the people's counselor, said another citizen. Another person joked, the city's residents are asking, please die one more time. Nice. (laughs) But hiring dancers and even strippers for funerals is not that unusual in parts of Taiwanese society in which some practice a folk religion that believes in entertaining spirits. Magic. Back in the days, I used to play a guitar and sing a few songs. Miss Morris, what have you got to wrap up the round that is not for your mother? Age is a cruel, cruel mistress. She is indeed. I know. On the one hand, it supposedly comes with wisdom, feeling more comfortable in your skin, Mm. and being liberated from sweating that small stuff. But then again, it's not particularly celebrated, whereas skin elasticity and a youthful glow is. It's not just graying, hair loss, aches, pains, (laughs) I remember the days I could could fill a full syringe once. (laughs) (laughs) But for half the population... It's also their manhood, which shows the effects of the passing years. Every huh. every wrinkle's an inch. So your penis will oh, age. Go. What are you looking and at me? And this is how. Because you're the man. Yes, and we already went through the other <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> Nathan's been through this. I've got it yet to come. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you how your penis is going to uh, age. Are you ready for this? Great. Well, get mine your, specific- get your pen. Get my pen. Yeah, get your pen out. I've got my pen out. Okay, just so you know, it will permanently shrink. Well, I'll be down to nine inches, will I? <laughs> In a continuous and very determined fashion. One thing which can be done to lessen the effects. So you got your pen out. I'm ready. All right. I'm poised. Is to keep weight gain down as much as possible, especially around the midsection. As weight gain increases around the belly... The fat pad pushes out. Laugh it up. (laughs) How are we spelling fat pad? (laughs) And a larger penile percentage gets buried under the skin, so we. So it's looking it's looking smaller because the fat's overtaking it. Yeah, that fat pad. Can I say what a word that I know that's called? Oh, no, don't go down that road. We'll be taken <laughs> off air. Okay. Is that a compound noun by any chance? Oh, was it a dicky-doo? No. <laughs> do you know what a dicky-doo is? Isn't that what Australians play? <laughs> do you know what a dicky-doo is? No. <laughs> what? 
Oh, for crying It's when your belly sticks out farther than your dicky do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in luck because I'm losing weight. Right? <laughs> you won't be able to lose enough weight, Nathan. <laughs> No carbs for me this year. <laughs> I love this show. I've never mentioned that. I love this show. Michelle's making notes. Oh, yeah, you can't read that out. No, that's not that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> oh well, and it will develop a permanent bend. Did you know that? So you'll see me Which coming. Way? <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> With age comes curvature. You can hang oh. your coat on it. Look at that. Yeah, you can see it peeking around a corner before you get here. Why do you call yours Gonzo? Gonzo! <laughs> 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 It's not your fault. It's not my no, fault. No. There's little you can do about nothing. it. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's, it's inevitable. Well, this is the thing. It's simply because of repeated trauma from <laughs> everyday activities. Work, work related injuries. Half <laughs> <laughs> lack. I need work. I need workman's comp. Is what needs to happen. <laughs> Well, it can cause scar tissue to build up. That's why it develops a curve. Huh. But scar tissue, <laughs> scar tissue. <laughs> yep. Bless you. Is not very nice because it tends not to be symmetrical. So you could have a nice curve ball, slightly going around the corner. Mm-hmm. Some yeah, <laughs> yes, Michelle. <laughs> that's exactly. Michelle's it. doing actions. <laughs> And into your 60s and 70s, it can get worse and worse. And I've seen patients whose penises look, for all appearances, like a question mark. <gasps> the Riddler. <laughs> wow. Riddled me this. Every time Hell I... Hell no. <laughs> I tried throwing it over my shoulder and it came back to me. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, and uh, just so you know, it will uh, it will droop more. Yep, in plain talk, as you get older, your scrotum droops. <gasps> Droopy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is when you can thank loss of muscle mass for. Mm-hmm. But it's most extreme. Droopy. In its most extreme manifestation. Write this down, Mr. Lee. You know what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> I love Droopy. <laughs> In its most extreme manifestation, this drooping can cause something which Steichner calls... Splash down. Oh, God. Which is when your scrotum hits the water when you sit and use the toilet. (laughs) That's long. I got wet nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, so bad. My ribs are hurting. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, oh, and of course, uh, there may be some performance issues. Erectile dysfunction can occur at any age, and with 30 million men affected worldwide, it's not an uncommon problem. What causes it, however, is blood loss. As Steeksner cheerily puts it, having ED is like having a heart attack of the penis. We need to give it mouth to mouth then. (laughs) CBS, get down there, boy. (laughs) (laughs) What the boy? (laughs) Sorry, fools of habit. (laughs) (laughs) That is so getting left in. Yeah, boy. Ick. <laughs> Adrian's dead. Boy. Boy. Get down there, boy. Get in ya. <laughs> I'm Would you like to rephrase? <laughs> 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 Exercise oh, and good. eating right. Right. Boy! <laughs> Boy! <laughs> well, all good things come to an end. So let's look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It is Michelle who Yay, scored. me! Minus one. Mm. Heather scored zero. I scored six and remarkably in first place. And taking home the resplendent $33,000 IR camera is Martin in New York, who scored the most points anyone's ever scored on this show. Remember, if you want to be given points this week, go onto our Facebook site. In one sentence, explain why I should give you points, and then we'll see how philanthropic we're feeling in next week's show. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I'd love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and remember we now do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round called not for your mother that we can't put out on air but if you go to our archives everything will be there for you and remember if you visit any of our archive sites whether it's itunes stitcher iHeartRadio, or soundcloud please leave us a nice review and give us a little smiley face or a love heart. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Tom Drainer, Michelle Corey, Nathan Bush, and all at the International Paranormal Society, Int, Paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. 
It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.